First, let's talk movies. And Dom Corey is here. Hi, Dom. Hi, Jesse. I was just saying to you off air how cool that you get to be the one who does the movie review on the day that Barbie and Oppenheimer come out. The biggest release day since when? Yeah, they're making a big, huge deal about the fact that there's these two huge movies coming out the same day. One's very male-leaning, one's very female-leaning. The films have no real connection to each other apart from a recurring horse motif. <laughs> but uh, <coughs> both both interesting films with a lot to lot to talk about. So should we should we kick off with Barbie first? Yeah, I was. I don't want to test you, but um, can, uh, have there any have there ever been any release days as famous as this? Two films coming out. Oh on yeah, the same day? I mean, I think what's notable about this is that there are two films that people have heard of that are coming out on the same day. <laughs> that used to happen all the time. There right. used to always be. Um, you know, uh, what do they call it? Counter-programming uh, releases. I think one that's been cited is that when The Dark Knight Returns came out, I mean, sorry, The Dark Knight Rises, yeah, also uh, was Mamma Mia uh, this on the same day, perhaps. Perfect, Similar yeah, dynamic. Yeah. I mean, that those kind of perceptions, they have nothing to do with the films. That's what the market and the media yeah. are building up. It has nothing to do with the films themselves. It's just kind of like, oh, look at this. But it's nice, you know, that, that you know you can go to... You, the Barbenheimer stuff, I don't think the filmmakers involved really care about that. No, so. but it's been a few years since anyone cared about the movies coming out, right? It's true. I mean, and, well, that's unfair. And it's been a few years since the general public were aware of movies in this bigger way. Yes, and that is worth celebrating. Yeah. Uh, if it gets you know, people back to releases, the cinemas, yeah. Absolutely. Huge proponent of the theatrical experience is me, so I support that. Should you go and see both movies? What, on the same day? No, just at all. Yeah, I think you should go and see the first half hour of Barbie, then switch over to Oppenheimer for an hour, then come back to Barbie. <laughs> no, no, yeah, they're both great. They're both great, but it's but it's uh, you know they, they they offer different pleasures. Yeah. Barbie to begin with is a very fun movie, and that was maybe its first uh, you know obligation was to be a fun movie that mm. you can take the kids to, and it's colourful and lively, but also it's an adaptation of a toy and that kind of brings with it certain uh you know snobbish attitudes which we should should be cast aside cuz we've been adapting toys for a while now yeah. and also barbie's a cultural icon a 20th century icon and for better and for worse exactly and the film tries to acknowledge both sides of that uh has you know how to locate barbie in the and third wave feminism how to factor in the fact that uh the the feminine ideals that Barbie represents can be harmful to some people. And Greta Gerwig, who directed and co-wrote this film with her husband, Noah Baumbach, uh, really tries to embrace all of that. And I admired the film for that. It, it, it Although it's an official Mattel, you know, produced adaptation, you can see them pushing back a little bit on on the kind of potentially bad impacts that Barbie's had. Yeah. But but it also knows that it's it's brought a lot of joy into this world. It's an indulgent film, but they don't ask you to suspend your moral compass before watching no. it, right? They, no. they they invite you to bring everything that you know about Barbie yeah. for good and for, for bad with you. Trying to trying to make a fun, lively, family friendly film that factors in third wave feminism <laughs> and related issues. A big t- a big ask. Yeah. But I think they've pretty much pulled it off. The only criticism I might have along those lines is that, you know, it tries to say things about what it's like to be a woman in the modern world. And when it does those kind of things and acknowledge 
where Barbie might be located in, 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 inside a feminist ideal, you the film starts becoming a bit declarative. Uh, you know, it's the old t- uh, tell don't it tells rather than shows mm. when it should be showing. And but but I kind of can forgive it for that because if you just have to have your characters articulate these problems, then something is perhaps a little bit lost. But at the same time, I don't know how else you'd convey that. Stuff. <laughs> but all, all, you know, politics aside. The film is a fun watch. Margot Robbie is feels like A plus casting for that. I'm sorry to say it, but I think Ryan Gosling slightly outshines her because he's very funny oh, as really? Ken. He he just he's 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 just kind of a ridiculous character, and he kind of has a bit more to work with. The plot of the film has Barbie and Ken leaving Barbie Land because Barbie starts to have these kind of real world issues, and she and and it's ascribed to her the person who's playing with Barbie. So she has to go to the real world to find this person. And Ken goes with her. <laughs> oh, that's and, a good idea. Yeah, and, disco- and Ken discovers the patriarchy and is all very excited about it and decides to bring that. <laughs> he realizes this world where guys are in charge and they don't have to do anything. And so he brings that idea back to Barbie. And that's a fun idea. And but he just he just he Gosling is very funny in this, uh-huh. uh, and but Margot Robbie's great too. Will Ferrell plays the president of Mattel. I thought he he, he was great. I wasn't completely engaged the entire time, but as far as you know, completing the task of trying to achieve all those things I listed at the beginning, uh, I think it's done a pretty good job. Great. So that's Barbie, and then how about Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer is a masterpiece. Hmm. This is this blew me away. It's a biopic about the guy who developed the atomic bomb, Robert Sorry. Oppenheimer. Bi- biopic, not biopic? I'd been saying biopic until about <laughs> five years ago, but think about it. That's, biopic. Yeah. If you think about it, it's biopic. It's not biopic. A lot of people say biopic, okay. but I correct them. Okay. Not on either. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, the idea of a biopic about Robert Oppenheimer, not particularly exciting, but boy, is this a film. Killian uh, Murphy, who's an Irish actor with amazing, intense, giant blue eyes, yeah. has been in a lot of Christopher Nolan films and supporting roles. He plays the lead here, follows, uh, jumps around in time a bit, has the lead up to World War II when he's a young student, the splitting of the atom, the, the, the race between the Nazis and the Allies to get a bomb going. And then, and it's sort of structured around this thing that happens in the 50s when he had his security clearance uh, challenged, uh, sort of primarily based on a personal vendetta. And so, yeah, non-linear telling of the story, but I was just transfixed by this movie. It's an IMAX presentation, and... That's this big giant screen that Christopher Nolan's always been a big fan of and is kind of the last proponent of, really. And I think this is the first IMAX film I've seen where the IMAX of it all actually feels essential to the experience. It's easy to imagine that IMAX might be at its best when it's showing big action scenes or big vistas or something, but it turns out it's most effective with really intimate, intense close-ups. When it goes full frame, i.e. it's kind of a square aspect ratio, and it's just Killian Murphy's face, Mm -hmm. and his eyeballs (laughs) are the size of (laughs) Volkswagens, uh, it really gets under your skin. And also, 
you know, it's based on this book called American Prometheus, and that Promethean metaphor really carries through this film in that it's about what, what have we done? You know, we've created the ability to destroy ourselves. And that's a pretty heavy idea. And the film kind of has quite a stark view of it, and rightly so. And heaps of actors in this. Almost every white male who's ever been in a movie is in this. <laughs> as well as Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh. They're both great. Uh, but it's Killian Murphy's show. He plays a wide range of ages. It's it's so great to see an actor who's just been plugging away for all this time just get such a big, meaty role. And he hits it out of the park. Oppenheimer was full of contradictions. And this telling of the story embraces those contradictions. But it also manages to convey the weight of what was happening at the time, its importance in global conflict, and the... You know, the philosophical idea of why humans feel the need to create things that could end us. Is it in black and white? No. Ah. For there some are, reason, I'm picturing it in black and white. There are some scenes in black and white. Ah. They, they use that. There's a lot of different, uh, you know, film stocks and, and, and methods here. They jump around. It kind of reminded me of JFK in that way. And also reminded me of JFK in the way it was, it's sort of about these big 20th century moments that just carry the weight in the film. I sort of thought we'd forgotten how to make films like this, mm. where it's a big, serious epic, but boy, do you feel it. And yeah, some they use the black and white sometimes to delineate between different time zones. And, but it's mostly, the vast majority of it is in color. And it's gorgeous. And yeah, I just, I was, I was kind of shattered by it. Well done. You've seen Barbie and Oppenheimer already. They both just opened yesterday. Quick plug for the film festival. Yes, that started yesterday as well. So many cool films to see this year. The one I'm most excited for is called Hello Dankness, which is pretty much impossible to describe. Just look it up on the website. But uh, as always, I'm just so excited to be watching movies in the Civic, one of the greatest theatres in the world, one of the last of its kind in the world, and just being up there on that balcony... There's nothing like it. So so go check out the NZIFF. I interviewed a New Zealand filmmaker this week, and he has a movie in the festival uh, which he made for $25,000. The Paragon? Yeah. I've seen it. It's great. Is it? It's a it lot looks, of fun. I Michael Dignan's film. I watched the first couple of scenes. look very funny. Yeah, yeah. It's smell of an oily rag yeah. movie. Well done, Michael, for getting that done. Some cool New Zealand actors in there, some, some crazy ideas. A lot of fun. Nice to have you in. Thank you. Cheers, Jesse.